Hello, this is Fight Back, a podcast by the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. I'm Steve Poisner, healthcare consumer advocate, founder, and executive director. Our nonprofit's mission is to help you navigate the complex healthcare system and understand your legal rights, options, and opportunities when you encounter problems and obstacles. We want to empower you with the information you need to fight back and get the best possible care. Our special guests, experts in their field of healthcare and medicine, provide you with an informative, interesting, and life-changing education on a variety of healthcare topics important to you and your loved ones. In our new Fight Back mini-cast series, we take you through the highlights and great educational information from our most popular podcast topics in our very large library. Let's get started. What is lifestyle medicine? What is the goal of it? Sure. Uh, so the, the most commonly used definition of lifestyle medicine and, and the one used by the national organization, uh, the American College of Lifestyle Medicine and L Lifestyle Medicine, and the one I've adopted in our lifestyle medicine department at El Camino Health is the use of lifestyle as a therapeutic intervention for the treatment and reversal of chronic disease. You know, so we're all about getting ahead of the chronic disease epidemics, you know, that are pulling down people and really pulling down our country. And the definition goes further in, in you know, explicitly using nutritional prescriptions centered on a whole food, plant-predominant eating pattern, you know, individualized exercise prescriptions that are tailored to chronic diseases, sleep and stress management support, um, programs to attend to misuse of substances, um, as well as recognition of positive social connections and relationships and the effect that they actually have on, on hard outcomes. And so these are the six domains, uh, but you can see that they draw in some of the social determinants of health. To what extent is lifestyle medicine, you know, a radical concept in the medical profession? I mean, is this considered an al alternative medicine to traditional Western medicine? You know, in, in lifestyle medicine, uh, we don't really consider it alternative medicine. And so I would say decidedly not, but it is a definite paradigm shift. Um, you know, if you look at other fields of medicine, like integrative medicine or complementary medicine, you know, they've been on the margins of what we might think of as allopathic or traditional medicine. Um, and I'm obviously biased, uh, but I think that this is different for uh, lifestyle medicine. I think that we are, while we're not recognized fully in ma mainstream medicine, I think we are squarely in mainstream medicine. And and, and I say that because, you know, treatment guidelines that come across, you know, whether it has to do with heart disease or endocrine or hypertension, you know, lifestyle counseling has existed in treatment guidelines, you know, for a long time. But there's, there's a big difference between counseling and education uh, and actually, you know, using implementation and actually having people use Steve, our success story, but many people are not, uh, sometimes that counseling and education just doesn't add up to lifestyle change for right. many people. 
And so, um, you know, people have to, you know, get into it in, in a little deeper way. What do you suggest in terms of ways to make your, your changes to your diet more permanent? Right. That's a great question. Well, you know, I think that first, the first thing is, you know, we've been, uh, we've grown up in a culture where, you know, the word diet is used. And I oftentimes like to get people to stop thinking about diet because diet so often relates to weight loss. And, and there's plenty of ways to lose weight quickly uh, that also equate to regaining that same 20 pounds. Um, and so you're really getting at the core. It's uh, eating uh, for uh, as a way of life, as a way of uh, as a lifestyle, and and getting on a pattern of eating uh, through working with specialists that is sustainable. And it takes the you know ideally take the eyes off the scale a little bit and off the mirror enough uh, to uh, begin to eat in a way that nourishes the body and uh, has all the positive effects across the board in chronic disease. Um, And as a positive side effect, allows people to lose weight and maintain their weight loss. Um, And that, you know, again, when we get down to it in, in taking a bit of a lens off of calories altogether and off of the, off of the scale, and off of the mirror and go for uh, what nourishes the body. We know what that does and go for the long-term health outcomes and find the most flavorful way of doing that. Now, one of the ways that we um, do that at El Camino Health and, and is done across the country is uh, in cooking classes and what we call culinary medicine. So again, it's not just what people eat or don't eat, but it's really how they prepare their foods and um, as an example, and of, of, of how they can get a sustainable uh, weight management in line. Do you recommend, you know, supplements? You mentioned that earlier, that there's a lot of ripoffs out there. People have to be, you know, on the lookout. But what about probiotics and vitamins uh, to, to, to help? And, you know, and there's, you know, I guess anti-inflammatories in those supplements too, at least they claim. Right, right. Well, you know, like everyone else, I, I love, I love the thought that I can simply, you know, put something in a, you know, in a supplement form, you know, and take it, slug it down in the morning, uh, with breakfast and imagine that I will be healthier. That's a very, very appealing, simple thing. And then I can just get on with the rest of my day. Right. But I, I just haven't found the literature has supported that. And over and over, I go back to it. I recently, uh, dove into the fish oil again, always trying to, you know, look at that. And I'll tell you, I get disappointed over and over one study, you know, yes. And the next study, no, it didn't have any effect. Uh, the levels didn't relate to outcomes in acute myocardial infarction and so forth and so on. So, you know, I've been universally disappointed with supplements and prebiotics, I don't think they're there. Whereas a plant predominant diet does basically the job of all of that, right? Um, Maybe not in the fish oil department, but you can get your omega-3s and and so forth through plant sources. Right. Um, 
And then you are, you know, the microbiome is this whole concept that you're getting at with the pre, uh, prebiotics or probiotics, but really it's our food, <laughs> which is the prebiotic, right? Mm-hmm. You know, our food nourishes the, the right uh, microbial balance in our gut. And it's that which, you know, creates the uh, immunity and, and the, uh, that we're, what we're seeking in a, a probiotic. So I really think of as food as a prebiotic, um, you know, maybe in an acute disease situation, um, somebody who's had, you know, recent um, gastrointestinal disease, you know, some of the real severe cases that I've seen in, in my clinical years uh, in, in the hospital, there may be a role for probiotics in the recovery of that gut. But in, in everyday life, I, I haven't yet found the balance of evidence that supports that. I want to thank you for listening to today's Fight Back minicast. You can listen to the full podcast on this topic or check out additional podcasts by going to our website at www.healthcareconsumerrights.org. We also welcome your input and stories that we can use on future podcasts. This is Steve Poisner, and this is Fight Back, a podcast by the Healthcare Consumer Rights Foundation. Thanks for listening. I look forward to our next podcast. Talk with you soon.